The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Khalifa for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Monsignor, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To start off our music program for this morning, the church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn have prepared a beautiful medley of our heavenly home that awaits us if we obey God's commandments of salvation. The promise is extended to all who believe on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being water-washed, spirit-filled, and living the life above sin. 
We anxiously await our Savior's return to fly away with Him to paradise. The choir song, Don't You Want to Go? Words will provide it for you for your singing enjoyment. So come on and sing. Iris Lock will accompany the choir on the piano and Pohaku Carter on the organ. Coming up next will be our faithful and hardworking church band to play an inspiring edition of Walking with My Lord. They are under the direction of yours truly.
Our soloist for today will be Sherlyn Abing, who will sing a song of praise and thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, lifting his name to the highest. Jesus is the one who is and always will be at our side as we call upon his name and reach out to him in time of need. Her song, the sweetest name of all. Accompanying Sherlyn will be Tiari Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Mason Asano Sr. and trusty Associate Pastor Aaron Spilt Sr. on the guitar. The sweetest name of all. Yes, Jesus created us because he loved us. He came down to earth to preach and to teach all those who believed upon him and who obeyed his word of salvation in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Today, many have forgotten the Lord and choose to follow in their own ways to get by. But still our God continues to call out to all souls, giving them an opportunity to choose while there is still time. The church choir will now grace us with their final number entitled, Precious in His Sight.
I'm playing Sylvie Trumpet Ensemble, who have prepared a melodious and sweet sounding rendition of Come Unto Me. The blended voices of a faithful couple in the Lord, Basin and Tracy Asano Sr., have chosen to sing a most inspiring and moving song that reaches out to Jesus too. Breathe on me. This selection sends a message of spiritual needs that only God can fill. Their accompanist on the piano will be yours truly. It is with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to Mr. and Mrs. George and Thierry Summers. All that you do for the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ is never in vain. Your works are heard and seen by our God who prepares your rewards in heaven. God bless you both and have a wonderful day. Sunshine fill 
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. My associate pastor, Jose Zendok, 
I'd like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the Canadians for our viewing audience. Especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, this telecast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KCY, channel 9 in the Central California and Yuma in Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV, channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Manor Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and through our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in Homestead, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. In our community branch church, located at 1361 Polo Avenue, God services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighborhood branch churches, as also conducted by Pastor Reservoir Casanara Senior in Kanaka and Mokai, by Pastor Kenneth and Vera in Lahainamari, by Pastor Walter Lane in Noi, Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard Kawana Sana Senior in Kolo, Hawaii, by Pastor Hanabe Sarai, Boroka Pukalawan Tikat, and by Pastor Sarai, President of the Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regarding church affiliations. There are no collections. If you desire to volunteer, contribute to solve this telecast and the Lord's work, you may do so by setting your donations in areas designated to conclude the telecast. And I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Ann Jr., who will bring forward his spirit directed and spirit inspired assignment. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. The signs of the times are upon us because the hearts of men are turning towards ungodliness. Today, there is an unbelievable amount of turmoil all over the world brought on by man's hate, greed, and desire for supreme power. Therefore, it is more important than ever to seek and find Jesus. I pray that my sermon entitled, Do Not Sell Your Birthright, will give you the opportunity to consider what Jesus has to offer you if you will but hear his voice, I caution you, don't reject the word of God. And above all, don't reject the Lord. Hopefully in due time, others will be able to see Jesus in you rather than merely you in you. Always bear in mind, many are called, but few are chosen. If you want to spend eternity in paradise with the Lord, then you want to be among the chosen. Let us begin with the sermon. What does the word birthright mean? It means the right of the firstborn, 
that to which one is entitled by virtue of birth. We read in Genesis, the 25th chapter, the 23rd verse, And the Lord said unto her, that is Rebekah, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. There were twins in her womb, and the first came out red, and they called his name Esau. Following thereafter was his brother Jacob. We read the 27th verse. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. In many ways, Esau was more manly and more attractive than Jacob, but he lacked faith. The one important thing in God's sight, it was not just what he cared more for earthly rather than heavenly things. After all, Jacob did too during the first part of his life. However, Esau did not believe God's promises. If he had, he could not have thrown them away so easily and without second thought. Jacob, on the other hand, believed in them, yet pursued them in a wrongly manner and for selfish reasons. Still, he took God at his word. Thus, God honored his faith, and though he had to discipline Jacob, he gave Jacob the blessing. Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day, Esau came from the field or the world and was tired. Esau asked to be fed with the pottage. We read verses 31, 33, and Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Thus Esau scorned his birthright and had placed no value upon it. It had no meaning for him. When we lose our sense of values, everything becomes worse. Everything within the heart of man. Many people today are losing their sense of direction. We see it clearly illustrated in what Esau said. What shall this birthright profit me? The birthright includes the promises of eternal life, of God, of reality, of righteousness, of purity, and of living a good, well-balanced Christian life. Today, man turns his back on his true birthright and turns instead to drugs, alcohol, crime, and immorality. More than the history of the world has ever known. The act of selling one's birthright for a mere moment of fleshy gratification or for a morsel of meat was despised because the birthright was a spiritual thing and had value only if there was faith to understand or comprehend it. What is faith? Reading in Hebrews 11th chapter and the first verse. Now faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is simply taking God at his word. It is important to remember that God has never had two ways of saving mankind. There is only one way, and Jesus is that way. We read verses 3 and 6. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that these things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Scholars and scientists throughout the centuries have theorized and speculated as to the origin of the universe. How did it come into being in the first place? To those who have faith in God, there is no mystery. They believe the word of God and that he created all things. The most uneducated Christian is troubled less about the mysteries of life and matter than the greatest non-Christian scientists. For the true born-again believer knows by faith that God's word is true and that is enough for him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Thus we see Esau not only lost his sense of values, but joined himself to godless nations by marrying their daughters. Today, this spirit of Esau is sweeping the nation. Since humanity seems determined to do everything that is contrary to God's word, there are people who will do anything to show their scorn and ridicule towards Jesus Christ. Our birthright is to be the children of God. How can we do that, you may ask? We accomplish it by being born of water and of the Spirit, as found in John, the third chapter, the fifth verse. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, it reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Today, many are haughty and full of pride and will not come down from the tree of the world to accept Jesus. To my viewers, I say, keeping the law, going to church, being religious, and following a religious creed to the very letter will not save you. Your wife, your minister, and your church cannot save you. Only the name of Jesus will save you and remit your sins. We read in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why must you be born again? It's simple. The Lord Jesus Christ said so. That ought to settle it. There should be no reason for argument when he who is the almighty God says you must be born again. He ought to know. We all inherit a sinful nature. This nature we all receive from our first father, Adam, is fallen, corrupt, and sinful. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
There is none righteous, no, not one. God tells us that the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. How can one be born again? He must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion in water. Baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse, not sprinkle or pour. And baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So choose this day whom ye will serve, God or the devil. The choice is yours. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in an unknown tongue. The only Bible evidence given to confirm one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why is the name of Jesus so important in baptism? Acts 4.12 clearly states, Neither is there salvation in any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is our birthright. We forsake this birthright. We forsake God. To be a born-again Christian is as natural as for a fish to remain in water. When a fish is out of the water, he is not going to live long, for it is out of his natural habitation. Likewise, when individuals are living apart from God, they are out of their natural habitation. The result is spiritual death. Esau was dominated by a natural appetite, not spiritual. When the appetite of the world takes over, it kills the body. We read in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, do not give first place in your affections and interest to anything that belongs only to the world system that you can see or to the age in which you live to worldly amusement and habits which do not glorify God. Choose rather that which will abide forever. God so loved the world and mankind that he gave his only begotten son for it. We too should love the world in that way, being willing to give even our lives if need be in order that we might lead others to Jesus. We read verses 16 to 17. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Yes, there is pleasure in the world, and there is pleasure in sin but the pleasure of sin is only for a season. For when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. For the pleasures of the world, Esau lost his blessing. There isn't anything or anyone in this world worth the loss of your blessing. After Esau had sold his birthright, he went to Isaac. Reading Genesis, the 27th chapter, in the 38th verse. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me even, even me also, O my father. 
And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Esau cried not because of his sin of taking his birthright lightly, but because there were a hundredfold blessing went to Jacob. He pleaded for the blessing, but his effort to repent was entirely too late. For as recorded in scripture, he had no chance to recall the choice that he had made, though he sought it bitterly with tears, as you read in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, 16 to 17. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. This is a warning. When you make a decision to let go of God and the wonderful promise that God has given you, remember you make a choice, but you will have no other opportunity to rescind it. And speaking about fornication in a spiritual sense, if you have found the truth, and wander away from the truth by going from church to church, you are committing spiritual fornication. In the natural sense, you commit fornication when you have sex with any number of partners outside of marriage. We read in Genesis 27, 36, Esau said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? However, this is a fulfillment of the prophetic statement, the elder shall serve the younger. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God never changes his mind when he makes a promise. Jacob was a cheat and a liar, yet God chose him. When Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord, he would not let go until he received the blessing. Reading Genesis 32, 27 to 28, and he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Israel means a soldier, a fight of God. We could compare Esau and the prodigal son. The prodigal son despised his birthright too, but he was restored and forgiven. We read in Luke 15, 12 to 13, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Yes, he went down to the bottom of the barrel, you might say. He turned to the world just as Esau did and wasted all that he had. But there was a difference. He came to himself. About the time his money was gone, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed pigs. The boy became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, and no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself at home, even the hired help, have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. Therefore, we see that after the prodigal son ended up in the pig pen, he came to himself. Would to God that all the prodigal sons, the backsliders, the lukewarm, and the broken heart of the world who are wallowing in pig pens come to themselves. The prodigal son repented, not just with tears, but in sincerity and in truth. It was a help, 
heartfelt repentance. Read verses 18, 19. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Just being sorry for one's sins is not enough. One must have godly sorrow. It is the only kind that worketh repentance. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 7.10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back and became a pillar of salt. The prodigal son repented with a godly repentance and found forgiveness. He arose, separated himself from the ungodly, and returned to his father. Furthermore, he didn't bring home a pig under each arm. He made a complete break. I must remind you that you cannot come to God and bring the world under one arm and the devil under the other. You cannot serve two masters. The heart is not big enough for two masters. This body cannot contain two spirits. We read in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion had light with darkness? This applies to all relationships in life, including intimate relationships, friendships and relationships, marriage, business, and church affiliations. Read the 17th verse, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. This context refers to separation from all that is unclean, including unholy things and evil people. That is one aspect of separation. However, the Christian is also to be separated to God. A person living in the world cannot live entirely apart from the evil in the world, but he can refuse to have any part in and of that evil. It was the world which crucified the Savior. Not until the Christian lives, Christian lives a truly separated life can he have fellowship with God, his heavenly Father. Not until then also will his service bear fruit for the Lord Jesus. One of the marks of a true born-again Christian is separation. Let's concern ourselves with some examples of separation, which are a very necessary part in our birthrights. The Apostle Paul, before his conversion, was a Pharisee. He was, a line, he was lined up with a group who adhered to the law of Moses. Paul carried all the traditions, but in doing so, his heart became cold and dead. He served God with his lips, but his heart was far from him. One day, Paul had an unexpected and significant experience. He met Jesus on the dusty Damascus road. He was converted and regenerated. That is, he was made over by the transforming power of Christ. From that time on, he was a changed man. He separated himself from the old life, the old ways, but he suffered in doing so. We read in Acts 9, 15 to 16. But the Lord said unto him, Ananias, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And those who follow, Jesus and stand up for his name will also suffer. The children of Israel while in Egypt were nothing but slaves, driven by the Egyptian lash. They lived from the flesh pots of a heathen country. And then Moses came to deliver them. He was a man sent from God. He led them out of Egypt, and his successor Joshua finally led them to the promised land. In that land, they were no longer slaves. They were free. They no longer craved the leeks and the garlic of Egypt, for they had eaten manna from heaven. 
they were no longer in a heathen land. They were in God's chosen land. They had a tremendous experience with God, and now they were a separated people. Their sin lay in the fact that they did not continue to live separated lives. They went so far away from God that they fell into idolatry, and God was forced to punish them because of it. But they're leaving Egypt, and going to Canaan was an example of separation. Thus, when we meet Jesus, we too were to leave the simple flesh pots of Egypt and enter into Canaan or a consecrated Christian life. We read in Romans 12, 1 to 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And become not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if you want to see the most wonderful separated man who ever lived, you have only to look at Jesus. He never sinned. He needed no regenerating experience. And he lived a complete separation from the world. Jesus tells us, I am the way. Follow me. He was separated from sin and every appearance of evil. He walked among sinful people, but his soul walked the clean heights of God. He never went to a place that was wrong. He never did a wrong thing. He was never associated with evil. Or if we want to be like him, we must bear in our bodies the marks of separation. He was in the world, but not all the world. This world, this world is not our home or our final resting place. We are to be separated from sinful companions. Many a man started out well in the beginning of his Christian walk, but soon he went back to his sinful companions and drifted into sin. Thus, TV viewers, when Jesus comes into your heart, you ought to say, goodbye, my sinful friends. I can no longer walk with you. I'm going to travel with Jesus. Won't you come with me? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, 11, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, with such a one know what not to eat. However, if you see a fault in your brother, admonish him as a brother, that he may be sound in the faith. Surely, we ought to use every influence at our command to win them back to Jesus. But we should never go back with them into sin. It is probable that if you decide to live a separated life, you'll be forced to give up some of your friends. That's all right. Because in their place, you have Jesus, the best friend in the world, who stick it closer than a brother. We read in Luke 6, 23. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in the day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But do you realize the Lord is doing you a favor when he separates you from your former friends? We read in 1 Peter 4, 2-4, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, Excess of wine, reveling, banqueting, and abominable idolatries. Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Therefore, I implore each of you to hold on to your birthright the day you were saved, 
Now, if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, is your host, Head Pastor Blay Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. We conclude our program with the versatile members of our church band to play that wonderful and upbeat number titled, Everlasting Life is Free.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.